You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to Creative Quarantine. I'm your host, Anjali Crochet. On today's Creative Quarantine, I sat down with comedian, actor, sketch artist, host, and just epic impressionist, Frank Caliendo. Uh, you may know him from Mad TV, from Frank TV, from all his impersonations, from Madden to Morgan Freeman to Charles Barkley to G.W. Bush. Uh, and, and honestly, um, I had such an amazing conversation with Frank, in which I will tell you he did no less than 15 impersonations, including Robert De Niro. Uh, and we had a surprise entrance from uh, his girl, his little girl his daughter Juliet uh, and it was just such an incredible conversation to talk to him about his journey the work that goes into creating and implementing his impersonations also how he's adjusting creatively and how he's working to make sure the folks that work for him are still getting paid during this time as well as staying grounded spending time with family and honestly creating content uh, so it was a really great conversation and I am so looking forward to to you laughing a little bit, smiling a lot, and hearing some really, really, really good advice and insight from Frank Caliendo. Hi, welcome to Creative Quarantine. It is Tuesday. I almost forgot it was Tuesday, and so did you. It's fine. You just looked at the Twitters and clicked a link. Uh, I am here with, actually, one of my favorite people. Uh, we've become good friends. Uh, please say hello to your daughter and tell her I finally got those Miles Morales J's. Uh, <laughs> Frank Caliendo, what's up, man? Yeah, uh, doing well. The uh, yeah, I should bring Juliet in here to do some uh, some impressions for you. She's been working on. She's been working on my daughter, who's Juliet. She's been working on all sorts of Marvel impressions. Uh, we we want to do the. Um, she, I want her to do. She had a plan for it, and then it got mm. away from her because she, I don't know what she's. She's a thirteen-year-old kid, um, but she wanted to do the Asgardians of the Galaxy scene. Uh, she's been working on her Drax and all sorts of stuff. So uh, that was pretty fun. And Is she gonna have Brothor down? Because that's really what I want. I want. <laughs> I want her to be able to do Brothor. What What she always does is she goes. I know him. We're friends from work. That's. That she always that I know that's Ragnarok, but it's uh, but she's always doing the the Thor. I'll make her come in here for a second. I'll ever get to it. She, she's great. She, man. I put her on Twitter and stuff. Um, and she, she actually gets more views than I do. Like people, like I'll do the John Gruden. I tell you what, man, people don't care anymore. But when Juliet's in it, the uh, 
people go nuts. I'm texting my daughter who's in another room to come here. <laughs> Welcome to 2020. Yeah, my son uh, doesn't leave his room anymore. Uh, you know, with quarantine, it's even less than it was before. And he, he'll text me from the, I'm just get over here. Come over here for a minute. You can get out, you leave your room. And he's always wearing a robe, which makes zero sense as well. Um, Perhaps yeah. he's doing his bro Thor and that's what's uh, really he's happening. Close. He's close. <laughs> <laughs> well, for folks, I, I was introduced to your, to your work for the first time. I was huge mad TV fan against my father's best wishes. Um, which was great. It was amazing. It took everything that I loved from the comic uh, and the magazine and brought it onto TV and more. Um, but then also Frank TV, which was great, uh, which I, it, it really showcased this incredible talent you have because you are a stand-up comedian, you are an actor, you are a host, you've got your own shows, but the way you are able to throw your voice in in such a way and impersonate folks is pretty incredible. Um, see, I've and, there, uh, see, I think there are people who are actually better than I am at it. And there are people who are more on the money with impressions. Hmm. And there are people who will do them right on and exact. I try to find a take. And I think that's what hmm. works is you add a character to them. Like, and let's go, let's go back to something we talked about with even Marvel. When Thor yeah. was just Thor. When he was regular Thor, uh, he, he was interesting and good looking. And that was the whole thing about him, right? Like almost over dramatic Shakespearean like. Mm -hmm. um, that was actually what they were told in the original, like the original reads when they were doing the auditions, they were told, you know, read this like it's Shakespeare. Give yeah. me Hamlet. Like I'm in Tom Hiddleston in, in Arizona. We had that conversation about um just how he read because a lot of yes, folks don't know tom hands i wanted to um i wanted to go <laughs> in for the part of thor but um well uh they didn't see fit as me to be a part of that so yeah. what um what ended up happening was um that uh i of course became loki and uh stay tuned on disney plus yes um, that is uh well done <laughs> But they, but they, yeah, very Shakespearean. But I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, you're more in the know on all of this stuff. I think uh, Chris Hemsworth got a little bit bored with that, right? Like, he, mm. like he's, he's got great comedic chops. When I met him just recently at one of the Ace Comic Cons. So funny. So, yeah, so likable. And he, this, is the, this is another great thing about him. He walks with bent legs. If you watch him walk, he, he kind of, he almost floats. I was watching him, but as he, he never, like when most of us walk, we straighten our legs and push forward. He kind of ducks down. He goes, and he, I thought it was almost gliding. And then I realized my legs are never going all the way straight. So it was, um, it was an interesting thing to see that, but he, but when you watch him do the bro Thor, all of a sudden mm. it's a whole new character, right? So there's a take uh. on Thor. Well, that's what I try to do with the impressions. Instead of just mm. doing a flat out straight impression of somebody, you create a character. For me, Al Pacino, it's not just doing Al Pacino. It's being amazed by everything in the world, right? Yeah. That's what an actor is taught. You've acted, mm. correct? Yeah. yeah. So when you act, they say, be curious. Well, Pacino's curious about things you don't even need to be curious about. So somebody flips the light switch on and goes, wait a second. You mean to say you flip a switch over here and a light goes on over there? This is sorcery. You know, so he's amazed by the littlest things. So that's that's my take on Pacino. And when you find those things, that's mm. how you create a character with them. And you can go and make them 
bigger, uh, you know, for sketches. A guy who was on Mad TV that I think is one of the best Mad TV people of all time. I thought it was okay on Mad TV. He was fantastic. Will Sasso. He did the Kenny Rogers. And I'm Kenny Rogers. I mean, it wasn't even close to Kenny Rogers anymore. And that's what I did with John Madden, too. I didn't take him and be this guy. I turned him into that crazy caricature of nothingness that uh, went out there into the, the universe of silliness. Yeah, but I love that too because you know you've talked at, at length. Because I think people love asking this question because people want conflict. Which is, well, how does a person feel after they've heard you do an impersonation and you meet for the first time? And I and I, I your answer is so great. They're like, well, you know, after they meet me and you know they realize that you know there was no harm, there's no foul, it's just an yeah, impersonation. I, there are two ways to come at an impression from yeah. uh, you add something if you either really love the person or truly hate the person because then you attach an emotion to them yourself Mm -hmm. even in people i don't like i try and find something that i like about and within them so i like we were talking off the air even about a political thing so political stuff so if you look at at a political impression i don't care where it is on the where somebody is on the political spectrum i don't find the politics about them funny i look at what is how do they create stuff with their face so let's go back george w bush which is you just uh you have that look of uh uh you know trying to figure out uh you know what the next thing's going to be that that type of thing that 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 loss of like a um trying to make up a story <laughs> as you're going that's pulling it, it into your head yeah i'm just trying to you know come up with the uh you know the uh the words so it, you you find that with them um yeah. i i stay away from all the, the actual politics but you know there's that that silliness that childlike fun is something that anybody can grab onto even if you hate the guy love the guy whatever you watch uh alec uh baldwin do donald trump you know at the beginning complete disdain for just all hate and it takes away the fun of the impression now some people be like well that's the way it should be i'm like okay fine but for me that's not how i do it i would get pushed around by people online like your trump's not mean enough i'm like i do dumb silly ridiculous overgrandizing tremendous trump i'm the best this is fantastic i know there's a lot going on right now you know see you have that look of i shouldn't laugh right now that's that (laughs) didn't want to right but that's and and then people will say, well, you're normalized. I'm like, that's not that wasn't even a term until a few years ago. If you and, and to me, it's always been if you bring somebody up, and it, it, this happens with the impression with all the impressions. And let's I'll go away from the politics thing. But it, the sports people are always put up on pedestals, so most of their lives they're used to being in the uh, on pedestals in the upper echelon of life. They're rich. They're famous. Even coming up as an athlete, a guy like a Charles Barkley, who does have the greatest sense of humor in the world, but these NFL coaches and stuff like that, they they will be – they're weirded out by it. And it's not always because you're outside the club making fun of them. They're worried that it's going to hurt their bottom line. Mm. So if you do an impression of somebody who does a lot of commercials, they're going to be like, this is going to hurt my commercials. But in reality, if it's me doing an impression, if it's somebody from Saturday Night Live doing an impression, whoever, whomever it is, it actually ends up helping you with Madison Avenue. Yeah. Because then they start to write the commercials for the impression. Well, that's how I feel about uh, Matthew McConaughey. Like, I always feel like when you listen to Matthew McConaughey's Lincoln commercials, you're like, mm, you 
don't want someone to like you. You know what you did, right? I'm not really like that. I'm not like that at all. You know, that's it's, it's, it's you watch him doing that. It's like it's a caricature of himself. It would be like De Niro selling tires. Hey, look at this right here, huh? You see that? Huh? You need some air here. Huh? You know, it's like, and he's actually become that. You watch uh, The Irishman. That he was like, exactly that. And he wasn't always that. If you watch his career, that that wasn't always. Like, he was a little bit there, but it wasn't there. Right, it was a little bit, but now it's like a magnifying glass on him. It's amazing. And maybe, I don't know if it's just, the, when the, when I was learning more about the actual art of acting, it was more like, how do you bring yourself into the character more and merge the two things? Where you, it's your, how would you personally react, but through the eyes of that person? And maybe yeah. that's, maybe Daniel's always been that way and didn't always put it all the way out there. And maybe it just mm. gets bigger as you get older. I have a theory too about men versus women in impressions. Mm-hmm. There, there are not as many impressions of women, right? No, and I, so there's always like always go back to Cher, Catherine Hepburn. Uh, those are the ones you always hear, right? And singers, but singers yeah. are almost putting on a voice for a character. I don't yeah. know Beyonce. I will say Maya Rudolph does a fantastic Beyonce impersonation. But there are some. I'm not saying there, but aren't, yeah, there are. But she's a though. singer. But like it's right. it, that's. And, but and what's their speaking voice? More so, there are some mega mega stars, but not yeah. as many as the guys. And my yeah. my my thought process is this: in Hollywood, and it's a little better now than it was. And mm-hmm. this works. In, this is in a lot of demographic things. Um, in Hollywood, women were never allowed to age, right? As a woman got older they they would just go okay we're looking for the new young girl right guys yeah. were allowed to age and um mm. and uh, sean connery was a sex symbol at 80 you know th- i mean you of course relax you know so <laughs> i'll be right over you know that, that, <laughs> but it's that that whole thing of men it, it's a cultural thing i don't know if it's culture i don't know what it is uh just or tr- how we're trained or whatever but men get older, the wrinkles are great. You know, it's like, oh, that's that's character. It's character. Women get older, they're like, ah, oh, you're starting to look old. So mm-hmm. when do you, when do people we just talked about De Niro? Younger, there was a little bit of this. Older, there's a whole lot of this, right? So yeah. as they get older, they become bigger characters and more caricature to be made fun of because they've been allowed to age in Hollywood. That's mm. the, and the women weren't allowed to to do that as much, right? which is unfortunate because it's ageism and it's it's sexism yeah. at the same time. All, all Hollywood. I mean, they're, they're but that's Hollywood. Is, right. Um, so, Mike. So, hold on, Juliet. Hi, Juliet. Come here, Juliet, for a second. She's. I want to. Can you do a Thor really quickly for this interview? Oh, we're I would love to. She doesn't know who it's with yet. It's, that's yeah, why. I told her I was doing. It. Oh, we're friends from work. <laughs> Get on the camera. Do it for a second. We're friends from work. I'm glad you're feeling better. How's how's all, all of our, our our ligaments and arms and legs and everything healed? Kind of. Uh, yeah, right. well, here's what here's what'll happen is she will do um, her her arm will hurt a little bit and then she'll see something online like somebody putting a shirt on while doing a handstand. She broke her elbow for everybody who doesn't know. And then she'll then she'll get in a handstand and start doing that. And the next morning she'll wake up and be like, "My arm hurts." I'm like, "Yeah, you were doing a handstand 
while trying to put a shirt on. I mean, you know. All right. With friends from work. Big dreams. So, so for folks out there, because I, I know this is all a process, right? Like this is, you don't just wake up one day, see somebody. I mean, maybe you do uh, see somebody go, I'm going to do that impersonation. But how do you start and like, how do you choose the people that you, you want to do an impersonation of? Well, first of all, it takes a, it does take a lot of effort. There's a, I did it on, uh, uh, on my podcast. Um, we had a, a guy named Elon, Elon Gold on. Mm-hmm. And he, he talked about how he just kind of nails an impression immediately. I'm like, what? I'm a magician, not a sorcerer. <laughs> I spend a lot of time working on these card tricks to be able to to do them later. And I, one of the best conversations I ever had, and I told Alon about this too, was with um, Ross Marquand on Walk from mm-hmm. Walking Dead and uh, the, the, the um, Soul Stone Keeper, um, the, the new Red Skullish mm-hmm. type character in Endgame and Infinity War. But... It, we talk and he it. nailed it. Yeah, per- yeah, he's an incredible. He's one of the best impressionists, if not the best I've ever heard. Um, but it was one of those things where um, he he talked about how long it takes. It's not it's not sorcery. It's magic. It's creating and crafting a, tri- a trick. Mm-hmm. Um, so first of all, you have to work on it over and over and over. It's just repetition. I'll just work yeah. on. It. It's a lot on how the face and mouth forms. So even with these fat cheeks. Um, hold on a second. I, my computer went to sleep. It got bored with me. So I wanted to be able to see, uh, and I always do that into the the neck, into the, um, into the microphone. Uh, so, um, you work at it, you go, uh, over and over and over repetitions, just saying the same things over and over and over. Then you can say different things. You find a phrase that gets you into it. Um, why would I find an impression that works to, to backtrack there for a second? Um, Who's going to be known to a big enough audience? And this has changed. This has changed a little bit because it used to be in the days of Mad TV, you'd have to do impressions that were broad enough mm-hmm. that a whole audience watching, a general audience would get. Well, now with the internet, you can pinpoint an impression that might be big to just Game of Thrones watchers. Mm-hmm. And then they'll go the crazy for, I'm king of the north, head in the night's watch. You know, you do that, and then all of a sudden, that whole group. I, Better Call yeah. Saul is one of my favorite shows. I do uh-huh. guy, Mike Ermintrout. Okay, all right. That a small group of people know that, yeah. but the people that do are like, oh, that he's doing Mike from that, you know. So, you the audience can find you now on the internet and then share with each other. That didn't used to happen uh-huh. twenty years ago when we were at Mad TV. There was a guy, a a young man named Dylan, who was in the research department. And if Mm -hmm. you wanted to work on an impression, you would send the name or whatever you wanted to work on over to him. He would pull videotape and put together a videotape of a few different uh, types of uh, scenes from the person. You'd have to they'd have to buy it. Sometimes they would have to actually buy video from a service. What is this world? This is this is not the world we live in. Think about that. Think about the yeah. difference of just, and that applies to everyday life. But, you know, if this quarantine stuff had happened 15, 20 years ago, we couldn't be doing any of this and nobody would know what anybody else is doing. And the message might not even be getting out to people. Stay. Mm. It would take months for people to get the Stay message. Stay at home. And they're still not doing it now, but there would be even more not. It, you know, it's, yeah. it's amazing the technology, how much it's made um, creativity. 
and research in that world. Like think about think about for you how much easier it is for you to learn about different people to do an interview. It's yeah. it's just a, a totally different yeah. world. Well, and the background research is 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 completely different because most creatives will have enough stuff up. You have a plethora of videos, um, interviews you've done, interviews that it's just you, but there's really four voices, which I am always amused when there are four people in the conversation and it's just you. Uh, how do you, in, in all of that, like when you're thinking about, oh, I'm going to do, there's a difference between having an impression and then starting to create content. And I think right. that's really, really something you do that's really cool, right? Like Madden took on a life of its own. Bush took on a life of its own. But Morgan Freeman, above all else, has taken right. on this substantial life of his own. Um, one, because Morgan Freeman is Morgan Freeman, right? Someone said in an interview, like, Morgan Freeman, I don't think has said one mean thing to anyone in his entire life. And if I did, it would sound pretty good. Truth is. <laughs> yeah, truth of the matter is. I was, I'm trying to say something terrible without saying something terrible, and I can't think of something. All, it's all going to be just too bad. This is Morgan Freeman, because he's just that guy. Right. Um, but I, I remember waking up the first day and looking at your Instagram and seeing Morgan Freeman's mouth moving and right. going, is that Frank? <laughs> It's yeah, it's incredible. It's one of those that's truly, truly weird. Weird to, to see that voice come out of me just doesn't seem like it should. But it does. It does. And that's when we realized we were all in this together. Yeah, that's one of those voices that he is, uh, he's the ultimate narrator. And he plays, yeah. I talk about this in my act, he plays God in everything. Oh, and when everything. And when they... Right. And when they hire somebody else, you're like, didn't you have the money to get Morgan Freeman? That's who should have played God. So um, that's just the way it's supposed to be. You look at that and you listen to him. He seems godlike. He's omniscient. It's it's perfect. And uh, even in the Lego movie, uh, you know, <laughs> it's all great stuff. So. So how do you go from this is an impersonation to like this is now like a content like this is a content brand for you that you well, do do easy. Morgan Freeman's easy because it's just narrating everything. I think that's a, I, I the first thing yeah. I ever did really with that was back when Vine was popular. I did uh, yeah. Morgan Freeman narrates himself, and because I'm white, he's black. I couldn't do uh, anything on the screen. So what I did was I did what he was looking at. So I took the screen. Uh, and faced it away, and I went to the refrigerator. That's when he realized he had no milk for his cereal, and soon Morgan Freeman would be headed to the grocery store. So that <laughs> that all worked really well. Um, and uh, but as long as I was just out there on the on the screen, so um, yeah, the, the Morgan Freeman is you know narration and narrating himself or narrating other people, and that one's one of those that doesn't need so much of a take, just because that voice he's already the take he already is mm. that and the narration is so simple um and so many people do that now but i think that uh, that's that's really for that for and what you're talking about is how do you find the content that's why the take on the it's person so important. what's the point of view because then you can do uh the sketch so george w bush being a little kid trying to figure it out how do you how do you make this pizza it's a it, uh, how do you get it from being frozen? I don't get it, man. You know, it's yeah. figuring that out and the simplicity of that. Or 
like with Trump, I always go on a, on, I go on ridiculous tangents. Like, well, I'm going to tell you, this is fantastic. Right now, the number one part of the interview, it's an incredible part of this interview. It was very, very good. You did a very, very, both of you doing a very decent job, but now way over the line. Incredible. Number one. So it's, you know, there are literally 5 billion people trying to get in this room right now. No, there aren't. No, there are. <laughs> yeah. He's a, see, okay, so again, all politicians, I, there's there's an element of uh, you you have to, I'm trying to say this uh, without getting myself in any kind of trouble, but all politicians, no, where they are, no matter where they are on, they, they tell little bits of stories, right? They have to because they're, they're storytellers. To- they're, they, and that's, they're always trying to frame or paint or articulate whether for good or for bad, right. they are painting the picture for folks to be able to relate. Right. And not, yeah. and not only that, they're you know they're trying to get people on their side. It's and that's, I mean, it's, it, 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 and they tell it, you tell people yeah. one thing on one side and people on another, and it's and people will use your words against you. But we all do it, right? And politicians are just great at it because they're trying to win votes. But Donald Trump, you could show him videotape of him saying something that's not me. No, it's you. It is not me. I'm not saying it. No, it's right you there. No, I'm right here. I'm right here. You, I'm just, I'm just, but he will do it right there. In front, like he'll be looking at it. He's the only person that's ever been able to do that. And so you got to go, all right, I guess. Sure. Well, this is what we're doing. Uh, well, I think it's, it's also really interesting because, I, and I'm sure you've been asked this question. Is there ever been an impersonation that you wanted to do, but you're just like, nope, nope. I'm just, it's not gonna, I'm not going to get it. I'm not yeah, gonna. I'm gonna get it down. There are tons. There are, there are just tons and tons and tons. Up until I did this thing uh, online recently, the Irishman, which is uh, about uh, you know the Irishman and the parody of that with uh, uh, the virus and toilet paper and just about staying home actually in some ways. But uh, I didn't even do a good Joe Pesci, and all of a sudden for some reason it just came out. I guess old Joe Pesci is just an, uh, a guy I can do. But there are tons of impressions. If you don't hear me do it, I probably can't. And then that's the magic of it, right? If you, right. there's a lot of, there are a lot of people who try and do impression after impression after impression, and they're just eh, not very good. Well, that's because they're trying to show you too much. If, if you're mm. a, if you're a, if you're a, you know, if I'll use a sports analogy, if you are a slap hitter and you spray the ball all around and just hit singles and doubles and, and stuff like that uh, in the gap, if you go for home runs all the time, you're going to, you're going to be in trouble. So, do what you're good at. You know, if you're, if you're a home run hitter, maybe that's what you are going to hit the home runs. Don't try and be the spray hitter uh, Mm -hmm. because you're not fast. You're not going to beat stuff out. You're not going to do other things. So I show people what I'm pretty good at. Once in a while, I'll do something that's in the middle of being worked on. And then the problem is people know me for all these impressions. And that's one of the the difficult things. I have friends that are, not really well known for some of their impressions and they're incredible and some of them are just decent and people will be like oh that's incredible how good that is and it's one of their okay ones but if i did an impression at that level people are like eh, stick to madden i'm like it's old i just want to do something new you know i want to do something different are you so for you i, I know you still do stand-up comedy i know you're you're working all over the place i know you still you know host shows um you've got your own podcast like how is this time for you? Are you using this time to practice more stuff? Are you trying anything new? Or are you just like, man, I'm with my family and um, we're going to head? Well, they're sick of me. So I, <laughs> I've actually used it to uh, uh, take it upon myself to try and 
ease people's uh, minds a little bit about this stuff and put out a lot of stuff. I'm putting out more than I've probably ever put out before because I can't go on the road. I'm not worried about going on the road. I'm not worried about trying to sell tickets. I'm not worried about trying to appease different corporations or whatever. So I'm just putting a bunch of stuff out and uh, trying new things, doing some old versions of stuff. I mean, I don't do a lot of the uh, John Madden stuff on camera because it's so old for people who don't know the sports and know John Madden. It was a huge broadcaster in the eighties and nineties, um, retired for years. And if I would do it on TV, people would be like, oh, that's so old. But I do him and his old partner who's passed away in voiceovers on viral videos. And people are like, oh, that's so nostalgic. The viral video of the bunny was, I just. (laughs) Yeah, the Easter bunny stuff. I mean, it's just, and people, it's weird. You do it in a different way. And all of a sudden people take to it like, this is great because it's nostalgia as opposed to me putting my face on there all the time. So. I don't know. I don't get what people I never understand what people are going to um, enjoy or not. So I just throw some stuff out there. If they like it, I do a little bit more. If they don't, nah, whatever. So you're doing a little bit of testing. I know you've yeah. you've also done a couple of sketches and, and I, I've mentioned this before. I shared it because it was so good. Um, the in-game sequence with your daughter of Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr. It was so good at a certain point that I was like, Oh, it's cool, cool, cool. He's using a voice. Oh, no, that's not the script. That's not yeah. When it the goes script. into the voiceover, I was on the mic very closely. So when I did it like this, um, it sounded pretty much exactly like him. So it was like when I'm off it a little bit more, it's back here, and you're not exactly sure. but It's more like 1980s. Um, what was the movie in the 1980s he was in? where he came back reincarnated as the daughter's boyfriend. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It was a great movie. Um, not Soul Survivor. I'm going to remember that one. Um, but yeah, it, that sounded more like very young Robert. Yeah. yeah. And then, but up in the mic, you know, because they're using, they're putting all sorts of bass and stuff in a movie as well. Yeah. So uh, so that, that was uh, probably the proudest I've been of the Robert Downey Jr. impression. Because in that voiceover, it does sound like it's actually him, especially at the beginning. Um, it, what? How does it start out? Uh, day twenty-one, no, twenty-two of the quarantine. So it's I do that, and it sounds like I just pulled it from the movie. But if you listen, it's actually a different pace, and not exactly, and they aren't exactly the same words. It's close, yeah. and then uh, it goes into being about the board games and. Uh, yeah, I was, I was actually proud. I'm not proud of a ton of stuff, but that was a, one of the things I was like, eh, I got that one. Yeah, it was actually, I mean, but I, I love the fact you are experimenting. It's really cool to see that your daughter is getting into impressionate impressions and being an impressionist. Um, I think she's you, supposed to be an actress. She's like, I, I could see that years ago. I asked her, I said, do you want to be an actress? And she goes, no, I want to be a star. I'm like, all right, you're ready. Cause you're a diva. Holy cow. She's such a down to earth kid. I cannot imagine. that. Uh, she's, you don't you don't understand how funny that kid is. She's she, and she is like, she uses uh, there are at least three or four Marvel quotes today. Like she'll just run past me and she'll be like on your left. I was like, what? <laughs> it's, uh, it's constant. She is she's, a big, she's a big fan. I, I have a lot of respect for her. Oh yeah. She's something else. Um, and she tells me when I'm not good, which she tells me all the time. She goes, that's not good. 
she's like, get back to the lab, keep working. Go, go stand in front of the mirror for an hour, figure it out. Make it happen. So do you feel like there has been anything for you that's been a shift in your field um, significantly? Because um, this is not, I'm obviously not, not saying that you're old, but you have been doing this for a, a long time. Well, you obviously love it. I don't. I don't. I, 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 I don't. I, I, I don't even have that much fun doing the impressions. I got, I, I got away from it like for five or six years. I wasn't even on, uh, on social media really for somewhere between five and 10 years because it's just, uh, you know, people throwing around so much garbage and saying so many terrible things. But um, I like it. I would rather just be to act and do some small parts in acting, but I'm just trying, I'm just trying to get people to know that I'm alive again. So when I kind of, I just kind of sat back and relaxed in, in terms of being, um, trying to go in for television shows or anything like that. I had a couple of development deals and things fell through. Um, I had a pilot that they wanted to shoot. And I was like, uh, it, it got all the way to, they wanted to make it. And then they, then some things fell through and they wanted to change it. I'm like, no, no, no. We either do it the way we wanted to do it originally, or we go back and take more time and rework it. We don't just try and rework it last second yeah. to throw it together because that's garbage. Um, so, uh, I, I, you know, I got to this point where I was like, I really wanted to do things and be better. And I was working on learning to act more and stuff like that. Um, but if you get out of it, you know, it's out of sight, out of mind for a little while. Yeah. So then you have to work your way back in. I, I've been lucky because I, you know, people know me in the sports world really well. Mm -hmm. So that I still, you know, would until now, because I don't know. And I don't know what's going to happen make a, a, a great living just doing comedy for big corporations and coming in and doing some impressions, you know, doing my act and working their company and, and stuff like that. Um, but who knows? We, we have no idea what's going to happen in terms of um, uh, crowds and all that sort of stuff for a while. So we'll see, but that everything's kind of changing, but that's why I'm working more on the digital landscape is, Hey, I don't know where that stuff's going to go. I was yeah. reluctant to get into podcasting and all sorts of uh, the digital space, but now I'm trying to catch up really quickly and and do it. So, it's working, but it takes time and you know, you realize that younger people don't even know who you are and uh, you, you know the the yeah. uh you know, you hear about D Danny DeVito and you know people didn't know who he was so he's doing he he does certain things he gets certain roles and takes on certain roles so people do remember and then as big of an actor and great as an actor as he is it becomes popular again and memorable so i'm not in that level so mm. for me it's just getting out there and being in front of as many people as possible for a while well i mean as you're kind of working for the next however many weeks uh are there any like specific things you're working on we should be looking out for um, obviously before we end the show, please give everybody your Instagram, Twitter, uh, and all of that, because you should be following Frank Yeah, I'm a, I'm a hero. right now. Legend. You are, you people, are a legend. Introduce me that way. They'll be like a uh, legend, Frank Kelly. And I'm like, legend. How did I die? What happened? Wasn't that the movie back with the black horse and the <laughs> sword? Legend. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's really with a legendary Frank Caliendo or the magnificent. I'm like that is a magician. That's what that is. <laughs> so my Twitter and Instagram, everything's at Frank Caliendo. If you can't spell the the word Caliendo, it's the the, the word uh, the letter C, the word alien, and the word do. So at Frank C Alien Do. There's an alien in the middle of it, and uh, wow. 
Yeah. And then uh, we just had on, uh, we just, uh, this week, John Lovitz was one of our guests. Uh, I'd held it for quite a while because I was like, yes, and it's an amazing episode. Jealous. He's so funny. He is so good. Uh, John Holmberg and I, he's another guy who does a bunch of impressions, a big radio guy here. We were, I mean, we were enjoying it as much as uh, Juliet, and, and it's an audio podcast. We have some video from it, but we didn't put that out at all yet. But um, Juliet and my wife, Michelle, came in during that as well. And they brought dogs and he saw the dog and he was like, let's talk to the dog. Because <laughs> he has his dog, Jerry, who's just running around and biting cords. So, um, yeah, that, that episode is up, caliendocast.com. But everything you can find. Uh, man, my allergies. I have the itches. I'm itching so much. Oh. Um, yeah. I don't, uh, that's Arizona, which I'll take it because the weather's fantastic. And as you can tell, I've been out in the sun a lot because I'm a vampire. <laughs> Welcome. People are like, what's, what's he got a bright light on? No, there's no light in this room. And that's, that's how white I am right now. That's just, it's embarrassing. Oh, there is nothing going on. Yeah. Okay. We're back. Oh, I almost did a Robin Williams face. I didn't mean to. Okay. Angelou. Okay. I'm done. My heart, my heart is gone. Uh, oh, it's amazing. Isn't it? When you think about it for just a second, it becomes wonderful. I see. I see where your reference point comes in from. Oh, Robin, such such a time. I'm tearing up myself. During the Wizard of Oz, I'd melt. I gotta turn this on again. I can't believe I birdcage. Love it. Um, but yeah, no, this has been absolutely amazing. I I I do. Yeah, yeah, it has. It has. Um, for you, is there anything that's kind of keeping you grounded? For the next couple of weeks, my kids, my kids tell me, uh, I don't know. I, I just, I've always been one of those people that just lives day to day. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I listen, I, I have a pretty good situation. I've been lucky. I've been trying to help some other people that I can. Um, uh, you know, I have, I lost all my work for the next two months essentially, and I have three or four employees. So I still am taking care of them and stuff like that. So, uh, it's just, it, it all just kind of is what it is. Every time my agent would call me and be like, uh, this canceled too. I'm like, I figured it would. So, you know, he's reluctant to even call me. I'm like, Hey, yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm lucky and blessed. I'm in a decent situation. There's a, a lot of people who are in a yeah. situation. Did you see that thing where, um, Justin, Justin Bieber the other day, did you see, they went after this, this is the stuff I don't get is like, he said something about, um, he, uh, and maybe I got this wrong. People can tell me if I got the story wrong, but he said, I'm lucky that I live in this big house and I have all this. I know a lot of people have a, a worse situation than me. And people said he was tone deaf. And I'm like, no, to me, that sounds like honesty and authenticity, which you might not always mm. get from uh, somebody who's, you know, that rich and that famous. And it's, he's right. If it, anything else would be lying, I think, because he is, you know, and I, I, I say to myself, I'm lucky to be in the situation I'm in. And I, I feel like I try to help as much as I can. I don't know where my future's going. Uh, I don't know. Nobody does. And, it, you know, mm-hmm. we are, we're in these moments where we're kind of like, hey, maybe we never had any control over our lives in the first place. So, you know, you look at all the stuff that's going on, you're like, holy cow, this is a movie. My son had a great line. Um, 
he's he's the cerebral one and he said uh everybody says this is like every morning i'm waking up and i'm in a movie he goes it's like a book i said why is that he goes because it's taken so long to get through it it's like that's a great line that's very smart so. you're just raising a a just two very well-spoken yeah young and, humans and they're 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 interesting juliet's more the the show and joey's more the the, the dark humor he's just He's lurking somewhere with a line that'll make you go, oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, thank you, Frank. This has been absolutely amazing. Please make sure you stay tuned tomorrow. We're going to have comedian Amina Amani uh, is going to be on with us at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific. It's not like I haven't said that 12 times. Frank. I don't. I say it every almost every day, uh, except for Tuesdays. Uh, but thank you so much again, Frank. Please go follow Frank now yeah if you yeah. aren't on, on social media no just oh yeah don't dad, stop stalking's bad joke. That's, that's it's... okay young kids oh john goodman We're friends from work. <laughs> creative quarantine is hosted by angelique rocher it's produced by angelique rocher sarah storm and matt storm our logo is designed by aaron leffler New streaming episodes are available Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern and Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern on AngeliqueRocher.com forward slash creative quarantine. Podcasts are made available the morning after each live streamed episode wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and visit us on Instagram at creative.quarantine and Twitter at creativequeteen. Please send this to a friend who needs a little artistic company and stay at home if you possibly can. We'll see you soon. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.